0: Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keefley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Today's new message for July 30th is titled, Living Daily in the Presence, A Feast for Your Spirit.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome once again to the Digital Cathedral here on Sunday morning. Hope you're having a, a good week. Hope you got a good Sunday planned out. I hope, it's, hope your air conditioning is working well. If you're living in the South, it has been a hot one. But I don't, I don't know any summer in Texas. I've lived here 43 years. I don't know any summer in Texas. that has not been extremely warm, hot, humid. That's just the way it rolls here in Houston, Texas. So I'm not thinking it's anything un, unusual. All right, this morning I want to talk about living in the presence of God. What? How do we get into the presence? What value does it have? And what are the results? What is the? What are the effects if you live in the presence of God? Now, I'm going to really get into this this morning. I'm going to lay first down, lay a little bit of foundation down. So I want to encourage you to stay till, till the end, okay? Or if you have to leave, come back and pick it up where you left off. But I think what I'm going to teach this morning has value for you in the very practicals of your living out the message that we embrace. Fair enough? All right, I want to start over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse, uh, let me just do verse 9. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Paul says this. Paul says, and he's writing to church at Philippi. He said, the things which you have learned, number one, received number 2 and heard number 3 and number 4 saw in me he said these things do and the god of peace will be with you man that's that that's a that's a heavy word right there there's a lot of revelation in that one verse that that verse paul is getting at this he's he's getting at moving into a place where you can embrace everything That Paul has brought to the table. What I want you to notice, and the reason I started with this verse is because I want you to notice that Paul was adamant that what he taught, you not only only learned it, you not only had an intellectual understanding of it, but you actually demonstrated it. it, Paul is saying, I want what I'm teaching you. What What you have learned, what you've received, what you've heard, what you have... What you were able to see from me, what you saw in me. He said, I want you to do those things. So Paul's Paul's driving home a powerful truth here. He's saying, I want you to have more than just a mental understanding. That's That's an important word for us, I think. Everything we do, we want to have more than a mental understanding. He's telling them that the message that he was bringing to them by revelation, everything that Paul got, he claimed that he got straight from Jesus, was to be experienced.
2: It was to be experienced, listen, it was to be experienced in them and then demonstrated out of them.
1: Now, we're going to talk about living in the presence this morning, and right off the bat, I want to tell you that you cannot demonstrate, you cannot experience something until you have the revelation of it. And once once you receive the revelation, it, it's got to go past your mind, past your intellect, past... Simple understanding, and I fear sometimes that we we're caught up in that mode, that we just want to grab more teaching, more understanding, more revelation to just feed us. That brings back to what Paul said. Anything that you learn here at the Digital Cathedral, anything that you've received or heard, anything you've seen in my life as I've demonstrated this message, tried to walk it out practically, I want you to do it. I don't want you just to get an intellectual understanding of it. So when you think of everything that Paul brought to the table, everything he brought to the gentiles, that's a that's a really tall order. And we're st- we're still uncovering it today by by revelation by the spirit of revelation. We're still learning, we're still receiving, we're still hearing, and we're still examining the life of Paul and seeing I- I- exactly what it is that he brought to us as gentiles. The centerpiece of everything that Paul taught is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. So let me go over there. We're putting some foundation on this morning, so just be patient. He said, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is being revealed to the saints. Aren't you glad that there have been <clears throat> mysteries that no other generation has grabbed a hold of, that this generation is beginning to see, and not just see it, but beginning to experience it? He said, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Right? Christ, everything that Paul taught centered around this this one revelation, which they had not understood up to this point. People had not understood that Christ was in them. So he's telling the Gentiles, he said, Gentiles, I want you to understand something. It's been a mystery. Now we're starting to catch it. And 2,000 years later, we're still still catching it. There's still many people that don't realize that Christ is in all. But he said, I'm coming to you Gentiles, and, and everything that I'm telling you, everything, every revelation, every teaching that I'm going to bring to you comes out of this central truth that Christ is in us. The spirit of truth in 2023, or whatever year you're looking at this down the
2: road, the spirit of truth is on assignment to bring what we see into what we're living. Because until it comes in, until the Christ in you is lived out practically, it really has,
1: doesn't have a lot of value. Can you, I think you can grasp that. I think you can see that. See, our part is to see it before it takes place. That's what revelation is. Revelation is seeing it before it actually actually comes about. The Father demonstrated that. Uh, Paul said in Romans 4, he said that the God that we serve is the one who brings life to the dead and calls things that be not as though they are. See, for, For you to be able to call something that is not as though it is, you have to have revelation that it exists in a realm of possibility that you can bring in to that visible realm. We're learning more and more and more and more to live by the Spirit. The Spirit of truth is going to lead us into the unlimited field of possibilities. It will open ourselves to see. And, and the basis, the, the, the ability, the power that enables us to see is the Christ that is within us. Seeing the kingdom in which, in which it can happen, Jesus said in Mark chapter nine verse twenty three this is, this is an old word of faith verse that probably most all of you uh, that were in word of faith for any length of time you heard this verse taught a lot, but it uncovers the realm of of bringing the impossible into the possible because of the Christ that is within you, right Mark chapter 9, verse 23. I guess I need one more, one more page back. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now let me just tie this together a little bit, right here at the very beginning. Believing is not something you muster up. It's not something you try to psych yourself into. It's not where you grit your teeth and, and clench your fist and say, I believe, I believe, I believe. Believing the best definition that I, I have, and this is what I understand believing to be, it's an effortless response to revelation. You cannot; it's it's difficult. It, I'll go beyond that. It's impossible to believe what you don't see.
2: So what you and I are are being led by the Spirit to do is to see what is not visible yet. It's to see. In a in a level of consciousness that something has not yet
1: appeared see that's the, that's how the father he called things that be not as though they are if you're a son of God, if his divine DNA runs runs through your veins, you're spitting image of your daddy, then that's the way that you function also now we're just hang on we're we're, we're starting to get, we're starting to to move down into this see i when you come to the digital cathedral, you come to the secret place, my motivation is never just to give you intellectual information. I did that for years. I gave people understanding, intellectual revelation. It doesn't change your life. What I want to take place, what I want to take place is to walk with you through the open door into a transcendent experience. So let me say a little more Christianese. I want to walk with you into a God experience into a Christ experience. I want the things that we discover by revelation, the things that we now believe because we see it, that's got to translate into experiencing it. And I think this is where the body of Christ is at today is the spirit truth is beginning to teach us how to experience, how to live out, how to walk it out, how to demonstrate. It. And I think that's, that's an important part of this imp- Entire process of manifesting as sons and daughters of God is that we have to be able to produce. Jesus, Jesus could produce what he believed, what he saw, what the Father revealed to him. What was going on internally in Jesus, he was able to demonstrate externally. First Corinthians chapter 12 or chapter 2, I think, gives us a little clue into that can you agree with me this morning that that's where the spirit of truth has us right now he's teaching us how to live out how to demonstrate see being a manifested son of god preaches good sounds good but when the rubber meets the road we have got to know the christ that is within us we've got to be able to walk the walk not just talk to talk here's here's how the, the process goes and i think this kind of summarizes maybe a little bit where a lot of us are. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is the world wherein um, they live by five physical senses, what they see, what they hear, what they touch, what they smell, what they taste, how things appear, right? But we have received the spirit that is from God that we might know, that we might see, that it might be revealed to us, the things that have been freely given to us by God. I think that word freely still stumps some people because you think you have to do something. You don't have to do anything that's been freely given to you. You acknowledge it. You open your eyes to it. You embrace it. So we need to believe, we need to to get by revelation the things that have been freely given to us by the Father so that we we can begin to know them and demonstrate it. I think, you know, we're probably doing that in part. These things also which we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. This is where we've been transitioning. Years of religion made us live like a natural man with an intellect with with a ton of teaching about being spiritual, but we never experienced it. We never walked it out. We never lived it. Spiritual, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ is a mind that, as we learn to loose it, learn to live out of the, out of that source, the Christ that is within. The Christ that is within gives us the mind of Christ. The thoughts come from within; they don't come from your mind. The Christ within demonstrates the do, the mind of Christ that is within begins to to guide and and uh, dominate our thinking, so that the thoughts that you think. Your thoughts and, and, the, and the thoughts of the mind of Christ are so interjoined that you don't know if it's your thought or his thought. In fact, you're not thinking anymore. You have a mind that is renewed to the things of Christ. So anytime I come and I, I teach along this line, you know, embracing your divinity, uh, walking out your, your DNA as a partaker of the divine nature, I, I, I'm not coming just to give a series of teachings that downloads into your intellect. I wanna give you a download. I want it to be into your spirit. I want what we're learning to lead us into not just embracing our divine nature, embracing uh, the fact that we're in a God class of being. I think I I wanna do it in a way that we demonstrate it. And this comes little by little, inch by inch. I want an experience. I want a leading, I want a drawing. I want a a pulling of us into a consciousness and a perception that for us will create an entirely new reality, one that is spirit and not natural, right? And that's the thing that will set this generation free. That's the thing that will change the lives of people. You know, I've known for a, I've known for a long time that just just what we know or how much we know Uh, doesn't change us, doesn't make us agents of change, just intellectual understanding, Uh, being able to regurgitate the teachings that we have assimilated or that we've taken into our minds. Truth experienced and truth that is practiced creates new automatic responses that makes your true nature of divinity a lifestyle. It's, it's putting what we know into practice. All right. Now, I, w- I want this. This has got to be an easy process. It's not something we sweat. It's not something we earn. Not something we, we have to strive to. Truth is important. Truth is important. I never undersell the importance of truth. Truth that is not known. If you don't know truth, it's really difficult to acquire the spirit or the consciousness that leads us into experience. So we may, we, we may gain uh, knowledge, but, but we're learning to move it down from our head into our spirit. In fact, we're learning to just bypass the head. We're learning, we're learning that when we hear truth, that it resonates inside and we just automatically assimilate it into our life. Are you with me? So the purpose of revelation knowledge is to experience what is revealed. Revelation knowledge enables you to believe, and Jesus said, "All things are possible to him that believes." All, let me rephrase that: All things are possible to him who sees by revelation. We we used to try to try to uh, produce and say, "I believe, I believe, I believe." Most time, it was hope. I believe I be, I'm believing God that I will be healed. No, that's hope. That's futuristic. See, when you get the revelation that you're healed now, that the healer lives within you, then you can begin to demonstrate it. There there, there are doorways into this revelation. I understand that. I think teaching is one, reading is one, certainly study are steps to revelation and opening up this brand new vista of experience, which creates a brand new world. All right? and And when experience takes place, living in it daily. When experience takes place and you you begin to automatically respond to the revelation you have from within, living it out daily without effort is, is grasped quickly. You are living out revelation truth today that you're not even realizing. You look back at your life three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, from the time you came into this message of grace and truth and freedom and uh, unconditional love. All, all the things we we teach, all the things we talk about. Your life has transitioned a lot. You may, some of you may uh, um, recognize it a lot more than other people. When I look back at my life, the way I respond, the way I live, my expectations, my level of understanding is completely different. And it's not come because I have stored a bunch of stuff in the computer. It's come because I have. I'm learning. To demonstrate what I have within. All right. Now, this is important. We're gonna make a little shift here. I'm gonna start, start taking you down to another level. Are, are you with me so far? You understand what I'm saying up to this point? That we, we need to start demonstrating. We need to start living out uh, the Christ that is within us. And we do that, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, as we move out of out of natural into spirit as we begin to live from this mind of Christ that is in here, not up here. The thoughts that evolve from down here that when you're in the store, smile at that person, spirit, God. So that person really needs a word of encouragement. You're at the gym. Somebody's over there. You know, everybody at the gym's kind of in their own world doing triceps or bench presses or whatever they're doing. But you learn just to be, to be a smiler and a greeter. I have a lot of friends at the gym. I'm going to, <clears throat> the guy that owns my gym build a new one not far from my house, so I'm going to a new one, which means new people there. I'm becoming friends with those people, and, and they're drawn to me. Not, not because I, I say I'm a preacher, I do the digital cathedral on Sunday morning, secret place Wednesday night, I was pastor 50 years. No, it's just because of what the life that is within me. It's like this automatic thing. All right. let me make a little transition. Since God is the originator of all things are possible, right put that in quote mark nine twenty three since God is the originator of all things are possible,
2: and since his DNA runs through us it's imperative that we see him properly if you don't see
1: him properly, you cannot see yourself properly if you don't see the father properly you're never you're never going to get the depth of revelation, the uncovering of who you've always been but didn't know, what you've always possessed but had no idea. For years and years, especially in Word of Faith, I used to hear so many, this was like a catchphrase. We gotta know who we are in Christ. But nobody ever defined it. It was just like this thing that was constantly thrown up: We need to know who we are in Christ, but nobody ever told us who we were in Christ. We need to know know who we are in Christ. There's a solid reason for that. So point number one this morning is this. If we're going to experience, if we're going to live out, if we're going to receive uh, revelation, then we have to have, point number one this morning, we have to have a true picture of the nature of the Father. Now for me, I'm not telling you for you, but this is for me, so I suggest it. For me to get a true picture of the Father, I had to drop every picture that was drawn of the Father from the Law and the Prophets. I just set the image of the Father in the Old Covenant on the back burner, and I just studied Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that came to show us the Father. Moses didn't come to show us the Father. Elijah didn't come to show us the Father. Jeremiah didn't come show us the Father. Jesus came. Jesus said, "I'm the only one that has ever seen God." He's talking from a firsthand experience, and you need to focus on what Jesus said concerning the Father and the demonstration of the Father. So, how did Jesus demonstrate the Father? All right? John chapter five. This is a, This helps us to get a true picture. Right, you you look at the life of Jesus. You look at his attitude, his actions, the way he handled things, the way he talked to people. That's how the Father works. John chapter five. Here's what Jesus said, verse nineteen. Jesus answered and said, "That most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. He's going to demonstrate the Father. Right? I can. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself, but what I see the Father do." For whatever he does, the Son does also in the same way. You can't distinguish between Jesus and the Father. They are all connected. They all are in union. He does, so does the Son in the same like manner. So there was never a demonstration of Jesus, whether it was a woman caught in adultery, uh, uh, the healing of Jairus' daughter, everything, the, the, the attitude. Uh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's all a perfect reflection of the Father. Jesus was demonstrating what he had within him. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. That's a... I don't think you could have a passage of scripture where Jesus says it any more plain. Uh, he shows me everything. He unveils to me everything. So wh- when the revelation came and Jesus saw it, that enabled him. That enabled him then to do it. I mean, first thirty years of of Jesus' life, he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. He, I would, I would assume the progression was that he grew in wisdom and in favor with God, which then demonstrated in wisdom and favor to man. It's going to be the same pattern in your life and in my life as well, right? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth that is already in you, he will reveal the Father to you individually. I can't reveal him to the level the Spirit of truth can reveal him. How how will the Spirit of truth do this? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear up hell and half of Georgia right here, so pay attention.
2: How is the Spirit of Truth going to reveal the Father to you? I'll tell you, it's going to do it through prayer. Now, don't turn me off.
1: I'm not talking about prayer like you learned down at the church house. I'm not talking about prayer where you give God a laundry list and tell him what you want, when you want it, and how he needs to do it. You were taught in church. I was taught. I demonstrate, here's what I demonstrate. This is my view of God. We demonstrated our view of the Father. I, I, would, I would beg God, plead with God, argue my case, the justness of my position, of my petition. We've all done that. Call the prayer chain. The prayer chain would bombard heaven. We'd meet down the prayer room every Friday night for intercessory prayer, right? And then when we would plead our case and argue our case, then we would come against the devil because Whether it seemed like it or not, we would, you know, start with the territorial spirit. That spirit that's over Houston, Texas, we bind you, we come against you. We would come against every, what we thought was
2: a demonic force that was blocking what we wanted. And when we wanted it, we didn't understand it. We were were really not demonstrating prayer, right? We make God kind of like a genie in a bottle. You know, a genie in a
1: lamp. You rub that lamp just the right way. You make the petition just the right way. You ask God the right way, enough dedication, commitment, prayer, fasting. I gave enough offerings. You rub that lamp the right way, and the genie comes out and says, What did you want? I'll grant you three requests. Right? Then, point number two this morning the nature of prayer is not speaking. My entire concept of prayers has reversed. I've repented, changed directions. Point number two, nature of prayer is not speaking, it's listening. It's not making noise. It's not travail. It's stillness. The nature of prayer is not activity, it's rest. Entirely revolutionary idea of prayer. If you'll change your your prayer attitude, if you quit telling God what you want, when you want it, and how it is to come,
2: you're going to find out that things begin to change, right? It's not, it's not telling God how much need we have that He needs to meet. It's letting Him draw from
1: the It's letting Him draw, listen, it's letting Him draw from the quantum field of
2: endless possibilities. All things are possible with God, not with you. Isn't that what it says?
1: All things are possible to him that believes. Only thing you can believe is what's been revealed. And the only thing you can reveal that is revealed is as the Father discloses himself to you. And you see how big and how good he is. Let let me give you a couple scriptures here. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus teaching Sermon on the Mount, right? Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7. So he's in into the Sermon on the Mount. And and he he says this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. And when you pray, now this is great advice. This is how we've always prayed. When you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do. Don't use vain repetition like those that don't understand or know God. That's what the heathen are. They don't have an idea who the Father is. Vain repetition. How many times have you been to prayer meeting? Every time somebody prays a sentence in Jesus name, in Jesus name, Father, 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 we come to you, Father. We come to you. We ask in Jesus name. We ask in Jesus name. See that's rubbing the, that's rubbing the bottle, wanting the genie to pop out, wanting God to manifest, wanting God to show up. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their much words, for their many words. So the key to pray is not a lot of words. It's not, it's not pushing in with long conversation. Therefore, verse 8 says, Do not be like them for your father. Listen, this is, this is Revelation. For the Father knows the things that you need before you ask Him. What in the old style of prayer that we did, begging, pleading, beseeching, laying our case out, our case, what is it that we thought we told God that He didn't know? What, He's, it, he dresses Him as Father. What, what does the Father not know about you, your needs, your wants, your desires? What, what is it you think you got hidden down in there that you're going to tell him that he doesn't know? I, can I just suggest nothing? Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. Thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, or you shall be made whole.
2: Right? In quietness and confidence shall be your strength but you would not. Where where is our strength? It's in quietness and the confidence
1: that comes out of that quietness. I, I have gotten more revelation, more understanding, more insight. Therefore, I believe more as I've learned to come before
2: the Father and understand that prayer is really a synonym for meditation. Stillness. That's your strength, right? In stillness. It's prayer is communion on a deep level. Meditation is
1: the approach that we make to the Father. Now, here's whenever I pray, generally, Now I have running conversations with God. I converse with Him all day. I'll drive my car on my way to the gym in the morning. I'm tired. I said, God, this is a good day, man. What do you want me to do? What's the plan for the day? I'm driving somewhere. I'm sitting in my chair. I'm just. Inwardly, I'm just conversing, right? And almost every time I start, here's where I begin. I begin to think to myself, what is God? How big is God? What is God's love? I begin to meditate and think about the Father. Be still. Be still. Quiet down. Some of you, it's going to take you a, a lot of effort to actually quiet down. Be still and listen within, and you'll begin to understand who he is and
2: in understanding who he is, you'll understand the DNA that you possess within. I'll go so far as to say that meditation is an integral part of knowing
1: your divine nature. That needs to, that needs to expand. And when you, by revelation, you begin to see the
2: source of all, you begin to understand who you are and what you're all about. See, you you, you have this
1: this concept of God that that you are working with, but it might be somebody else's concept. What What I'm after this morning is for you to come into a place where you have a God experience. You have a Christ experience for yourself. The kingdom is fully within you. The accurate perception and understanding has got to come from
2: within you for you to seriously see it. Then you can believe it. right? Point number three,
1: point number three, you're going to hit very quickly in meditation that the Father is your life. There's no life apart from him. With, with, without, without him, without life, Nothing could exist. There's only one source of life. That's the Father. His his life generated everything that is.
2: So if God manifests, it's got to be life and light, right? Jesus is the light. Father is the light.
1: Let let there be light. He was extending himself. Everything that he created, every tree, every animal, he's the life of. Now, that does not... He's omnipresent, so he's in everything. But that does not mean that everything is God. Get that straight. The tree is not God. We don't worship the tree. We don't worship the animals or the fish. There's not multiple gods we, we worship. We understand there's one source. One source that breathed into you the breath of life. So without that life, nothing could exist. So if God's going to manifest, he's, gonna, it's got, he's got to be life and light. There's no, there's no death. There's no darkness in him. Right? So as you meditate, you'll see that he is the one source of everything that there is. One source. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6. Oh boy. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and... Verse 6, yet for us, Paul said, there is one God. Remember, Paul said, whatever I teach, whatever I demonstrate, whatever you see in me, I want you to do. So So the writings of Paul lays out what he has received by revelation and what he's demonstrating. For us, there's one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. There's no mention of anything other than one source, and that one source being life. So life and light fills you. And as you meditate, as you ponder, the, the revelation of what that really consists
2: of is going to expand. It's going to grow exponentially. Paul got it. Paul said, I live, yet not I. It's the Christ that lives in me. I live that life. See, that,
1: that source as me does everything. I can of I can my own self do nothing. Isn't, isn't that what Jesus said? It goes before me to make the crooked places straight. It goes before me to, to, make, the high, to make the low places high. It goes before me to make all the weak places strong. I, I read to you from Isaiah. I'm going to bust the record here. I'm going to read two verses from the Old Testament this morning. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, this, here's a tremendous secret right here. The, the, the prophet got it, and Jesus saw the same thing and lived it out. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard? The
2: everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, all everything, neither faints nor is weary. His
1: understanding is unsearchable. So as you, you get into this place of meditation, instead of uh, verbally praying all the time and telling God what you want, what you need, uh, how he needs to supply it, his understanding is unsearchable. You begin to think and ponder about him because his understanding is unsearchable. Where he, where he takes you will also be beyond any limits that you've ever known. He gives power to the weak and to those that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Those that work in their flesh, those that can do it. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord. See, this is what meditation is. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So your supply
2: of all things, of life and strength, comes from that time of meditation. Now listen to me. What lives in me, as me, is, is the guidance. It is the guidance. It is the wisdom. It is the strength for every, for every task that I encounter.
1: I want to remind you again. Jesus said, "Of my own self, I can do nothing. The Father in me, he does the works.
2: That, that presence is my healing. Okay, now you, you need to listen real close for the next five minutes. What lives in me is my guidance, the mind of
1: Christ, the presence of God, my divine nature is my guidance, is my wisdom, is my strength. Every task I face is him as me facing the task. That presence is my healing, my prosperity, the light of my path. See, we, we were all taught that, we, that we, if we could just obtain healing, if we could just obtain the finances that we need, if we could just obtain the freedom, those, those things are not the manifestation of answered prayer. Keep listening. Those things are not the manifestation of answered prayer.
2: They are the effects. They are the results, the fruit of manifestation. The real manifestation is an awareness of the Father's
1: presence that I live in through my meditation, through my
2: prayer time. Out of that presence, out of the awareness of that presence comes the effects.
1: I hope you're following. You need probably listen to this two or three times. What you achieve as health or employment or supply or a home or companionship, right? Those are the things that are added to you. Remember what Jesus said? He said, seek first the kingdom, and these things will be added, everything will be added to you. We don't seek the things as manifestations of what we want added to us. When the kingdom manifests, when we focus on the kingdom, we meditate on the kingdom, you can't separate the king from his kingdom. The kingdom is the domain of the king. And when the king has dominion and domain within you of your
2: life, and that's where your focus is, and that manifests, then the effects or the added to
1: are going to be the healing, the prosperity, the revelation,
2: whatever it is that you need. We can manifest nothing. I can create nothing of myself. All the effects, all the added to me, are
1: already in the realm of the invisible and have been created by the Father
2: in the first six days of creation. As I become aware of his presence within me, as me,
1: can't separate, we're in union, no separation. Then the effects of being in that presence, a conscious awareness of him within me, living in that presence, then the effects begin to manifest. See, when that clicks in you through meditation, all the things come to us. All right, let me let me read another verse. Uh, This was a little mini-revelation this week. I never thought about this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus said, Ask. And it shall be given to you, seek, and you'll find, knock, and it shall be open to you. Everyone that asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds it. To him who knocks, it shall be opened. Now,
2: in, in the day, I'd go to the prayer room. I would ask, I'd seek, I'd knock, I'd persist. Now, it, it dawned on me this week that this is an internal happening. This is not something I do outwardly. This is spirit meeting spirit. You know what I ask him? I ask him what he possesses to manifest. I, I, I soak in his presence. The
1: asking, the seeking, the knocking is not an outward demonstration, it's, it's an inward awareness. Right? It's an inward awareness. Now, let me tie that up for you. That's what Jesus said. Here's how, here's how Paul said it. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. One of the best best post-resurrection scriptures there is. Eighth chapter of Romans. I'm putting a lot, a lot of stuff out there. This is neat, man. This is <laughs> this is not for the novice. Matthew, or Romans chapter 8, verse 26.
2: Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we, we do not know
1: what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. So the Spirit that is within us, the mind of Christ that is within us, he's seeking, he's asking, he's knocking. It's not, it's not me anymore. I, I, I am joined to that Spirit as one. And the Spirit in me, he doeth the works. The Father in me, He brings the manifestation and the effects, the effects of the manifestation of what the Spirit is praying. Because I don't know how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, you might as well meditate on His goodness and His love to you, on His mercy, on His inclusion, and let the Spirit do His thing. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He's seeking, He's knocking. He who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession. He's the one that is praying for the saints according to the will of God. Only the Spirit knows what the will of God is. Asking, seeking, knocking that Jesus told us, Paul brings the revelation of it. If you see it, then you can believe it. You can believe that when you think on the goodness of God, the Spirit is doing a work. You think on the love of God. Just let, 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 that, let that awareness fill you. Let that, let that presence fill your consciousness. And as you do, the Spirit is, is, is working within you. The Spirit is doing His thing, right? Remember Jesus said, of my own self, I can do nothing. If Jesus said, of my own self, I can do nothing, then what makes me think that I can harass the Father into doing
2: what I think should be done? The Father that dwells within me, He doeth the stuff. He doeth the works. Je- you know what Jesus did. Here's all Jesus did. Jesus just carried the
1: presence of the Father every place He went, and the Father healed the multitudes. The Father pulled. The Father put the gold coin into fish so that Jesus could send the man down to pull it out. Right. L- Let me read one more verse. I'm breaking record this morning. One more verse from the Old Testament. And I just want you to see this to make a point. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse verse 10. I'm going to read verses 10, 11, and 12. So it shall be, the Lord, the Lord your God will bring you into the land which he swore to your fathers. So it's the Father bringing us into this land. It's the Father bringing us into this awareness. It's, a, it's the Father bringing us into a sense of his presence. It's the Father unveiling all that he has given to us, Right gave to your fathers, Abraham,
2: Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. So there's, there's, there's big things that God has for us that we don't put together.
1: We don't manifest. We don't tell him how to do it. We don't build the cities. He builds the cities. Houses full of all good things which you
2: did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. when you have eaten and are full. All right? Now verse 12,
1: All right Verse 12, That's, Verse 10 and 11 is everything that God is working, everything that God has prepared. Now here's the key. Here's the tapping in. Then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. All right, Now that we're free. We're out of Egypt. All these these times we've been getting Egypt out of us, right? So that we can see and understand clearly. He's prepared so much for us lands, houses, vineyards, wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't construct, full of good things. All right. You got all that? The Father in me, He doeth the works. So our only goal is to have a God experience. And
2: He said in verse, don't forget, remember. Remember, remember. The way that you remember is to sit down and think. Meditate. Just clear your mind and let it go where it goes. See, right?
1: When you pray and meditate is how you get the God experience.
2: It's What, what is having a God experience? I've heard people say, oh, I've what, is it, what is a God encounter?
1: A God encounter is nothing but a conscious awareness of the presence of the Father. When you have a conscious awareness of the presence of the Father that surrounds you and fills you, He's going to bring revelation with that. When He comes, man, His ways are past understanding. That that spirit seed that comes comes from that revelation, when all of a sudden you believe it, you see it, you can believe it. But that falls into good soul, falls into your heart.
2: Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you understand all parables. The seed that comes into your heart, you're going to grow. See, our work with people,
1: and this is kind of where God's taken me. Now, I, I, I got it settled for me. I want to I be able to help other people come to this level of a God consciousness, that they can embrace their divinity, that they will know their divine nature. My mission is to help people prepare their hearts to get their consciousness open to his presence, to show the way to a God encounter, having a full awareness
2: of his presence, and to be still, and to think on all that he is. God has wired all of us.
1: He's wired all of us to have this continual God encounter. There's, there's a book out that I would suggest that you get. It's called Practicing the Presence. It was written in 1621 by a, a Catholic priest called Brother Lawrence. And Brother Lawrence set out to be consciously aware of the Father's presence 24-7. He had a very menial job at, at where he lived, and that was to he worked in the kitchen. So through all his tasks, washing pots and pans, peeling potatoes, whatever he did. If his mind wandered off, he'd bring it back to be aware of, of the presence of the Father. I would suggest you get that book and read it. It's a good book.
2: Of our own self, we can't manifest anything. The Father in us, he's the worker. And what we simply do is bear the results,
1: right? He is, he's the cause. He's the manifestation. The manifestation is him. The effects are what comes as a result of his presence. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. When the presence of Jesus showed up, things began to happen. Now, that's great news because that takes the heat and the pressure off for you to make something happen for yourself or for other people.
2: Forget the stuff. Forget the effects. Forget the, all these things shall be added to you. They're
1: simply the effects of the cause. The cause is what brings the effects. In his presence, in his
2: awareness, that's the manifestation. That's the cause. All we need to do is to know his presence,
1: seek his presence. He is the one that never leaves us, never forsakes us. You always can draw on his presence. It never leaves you. You're never void of it. The one who is omnipresent fills all things with himself, including you. That's what goes before you, that presence, to prepare your way and bring about all things to you. The counsel of Jesus, seek first the kingdom. When the kingdom manifests, the presence manifests, the domain of the king rules the things the effects are automatically added to you all right that's a good that's a good teaching that's that's meat right there that's <laughs> that's not milk all right let this settle down in next week we'll continue on but i wanted to, i just felt prompted this week to talk to you about getting into the presence and what that means especially for any of you that are still striving putting pressure on yourself to make things happen. Rest, trust, and believe what he has revealed and shown to you. Amen? All right, God bless. We'll see you next Sunday morning at the Digital Cathedral. Have a good week. And understand that wherever you go, the presence of God goes with you, and it flows from you, and it touches other people. God bless.
0: Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our digital cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.